Good morning. Hey, before we uh, jump into the message today, I, um, right before uh, first service, uh, John McGarvey was here um, doing the bagels, actually, and, and said, let me know that his wife, Kelly, had gotten a call in the morning saying that her mom was in ICU, and in John's words, they were going to go say goodbye to her. So I know that she's been dealing with some health issues. So I thought we'd just take a moment to pray for the McGarveys and, and for that situation. So let's, let's pray for them. So Lord, we do. We want to lift up John and Kelly to you, and we thank you for them, and just pray as they are with Kelly's mom that they do have a sweet time together. We don't know what exactly is going on, but we do pray that your presence and your peace would be there. Um, we pray that uh, Kelly's mom would experience your presence. We know that she knows you, and so Lord, may that bring comfort and peace into her life at this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, thank you to Ken Zell for preaching last week. I listened to Ken's message online, um, did a great job as usual. So thank you for letting me, giving me the weekend to go back. Nancy and I went back and visited Julia back in uh, Peachtree City, Georgia. We had a great time. It's the, uh, the city of uh, 10,000 golf carts. So uh, <laughs> seriously, it's not a retirement community. So if you want to know something more about Peachtree City, ask me about it, but 10,000 golf carts, seriously. So, and then um, also just wanted to give you a little bit of an update on next week. So Sue Mooney announced that kind of in between services, we're just going to have a time out on the courtyard where we are going to have breakfast burritos and just a time to hang out. And because next week is the fifth Sunday of March. And typically when there's five Sundays, we have what's called a five to one service. And here where we have the kids and youth and all of us together, we're not doing that because we have felt like the service we've been doing hasn't been meeting the needs like we'd hoped, but we are not giving up on what we think is so important. And here, and listen to me on this. We believe it is so crucial for children and youth to connect with adults in a church. We want to continue to figure out how to do that well, because we believe that children and youth, are, when they connect, they have a much better chance of continuing on in their faith after they leave here and go on to college or whatever they do. And the other thing we believe, and this is true too, is we believe that children and youth have much in terms of their gifting to give to us. And we want to figure out how to do that well too. So just because we aren't doing a 5-2-1 service next week doesn't mean, hey, we're stopping doing this. No, we are trying to do it even better. And one of the ways we're hoping is that next week you'll come on time or maybe a little early and, and get something to eat out of there in the courtyard and maybe meet some people you've never met before, maybe meet a high school student or, or a junior high or a kid or whatever, but we just want to create an opportunity for relationships. So that's what's happening uh, next, next week. So, All right, so we're in a series called uh, Questions That Jesus Asked, and he asked a lot of them. And today the question is this, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? good one for all of us probably, right? Chances are you came in today with something that you're worrying about, some thing that's causing anxiety, something along those lines. Um, a couple weeks ago, or actually a couple months ago now, maybe six weeks ago, we were FaceTiming with our daughter Sarah. Sarah is a junior up at Seattle Pacific, and, and we were talking, and she just kind of said, oh, um, I think I'm going to go to Berlin for spring break. 
which was news to us because we thought she was coming to Claremont for spring break. And uh, she said, yeah, I've got a friend over there, and I'm invited to come over, and I'm going to fly over by myself and be there for a few days. And then another friend from Seattle is going to meet me, and we're going to travel around in Berlin and have a great time. Now, as a dad, there's several thoughts that go through your mind when this happens. (laughs) That's one. And... But the other thing that you're thinking about, okay, my college-age daughter is flying over to a foreign country, will be by herself for a little bit. I started kind of thinking about Liam Neeson, okay? Um, I don't know, because kind of what has happened, I don't know what happened to him, but all his movies are the same now, kind of. It's about some family member that gets kidnapped, and he has to go over and find him and kill everybody that's done this. And... I did not want to have to do this, okay? <laughs> but you do start thinking about, okay, kind of some of the worries. And so, you know, okay, so Sarah, okay. Sarah, just be safe. Be smart. Don't be stupid. Be safe. You know, you just kind of go over that over and over again, and you trust her. And, and I'll give you good news. She is back now. She, was, she got back last night, thankfully. But, and thankfully, there's Facebook Messenger, and we could see that she got there, and she could show pictures and send us a video and things like that. But still, there's a little bit of anxiety and worry that wells up in your mind and heart when someone you love is off, off doing that. So the question is, though, then when we look at what is worry? When you think about it, what does it really mean to worry and what is that? And, and the wording is really interesting. The Greek word that's used in the scriptures we'll look at today is really interesting. It means pulling apart. And isn't that a good imagery of what it means to worry sometimes? Is that we get pulled in two different ways and you can feel stretched and the anxiety just begins to build. The other side of it is the old English word means to choke. That worry actually chokes us and can get us to a place where we're kind of paralyzed at times by the worry. We feel troubled over actual or potential difficulties. That's important to think through. We have this mental distress that goes on in our minds. Um, It's something that may or may not happen that causes this anxiety, that it's almost as if it's a video that just continues to play in our minds of what could go wrong what's going to happen in worst-case scenarios. It just keeps playing over and over in our minds sometimes. And that we just begin to worry over it. It can actually cause physical symptoms to happen in our lives, things like headaches and backache and digestive problems and ulcers and all these things come from this worry that we can kind of build up in our own lives. And I was studying it this week, and this couple different people showed this same sort of survey that an average person's anxiety and is focused on this. 40 things that will never happen. 40% of the things will never happen. 30% are about things that happened in the past that can't be changed. 12% was about criticism by others, and mostly it was untrue. 10% was about health, which only gets worse by the stress and the worry that we deal with. And that 8% are about real problems that can be faced. That so much of the worry that we, we spend so much time thinking about and pondering and all that is really things that will never happen or things that have happened in the past that we can't do anything about, but we just want to continually go over it and over it in our minds and think about it. It's also really important in terms of our spiritual life, if you think about it. This week in the um, study guides that we do, uh, in there was a, a, the parable of the soils. 
you might remember this, that the third soil that Jesus talks about is a soil where the seed of the word of God is planted and begins to grow, but then it says it is choked out by the worries and concerns of life. That even our spiritual life can be, can be damaged by the worries and anxieties that we hold on to, and that we actually don't grow into all that God wants us to do. So I was thinking about this, though. So what is really the difference between worrying and planning? Right? There's a difference, right? The scriptures talk about it's good to plan, especially when it comes to things like financially or for your future, things like along those lines, it's good to plan. But not just to worry about these things. And I thought this was helpful. It says, both worry and planning are similar in that they involve thinking about the future, and possible bad things happening there. The difference is that planning involves coming up with possible solutions to bad outcomes or problems, while worry is simply about getting lost in the fantasy of worst-case scenarios. That planning is thinking, this could happen, so I'm going to do these things that might help me. Worry is just, this could happen, and I'm just going to think about how bad that's going to be. And I'm just going to go over and over in my mind and heart what might happen. Like I said, the scriptures encourage us to plan and to prepare for the future. But worry anxiety comes from a feeling that it is all up to me. It's all up to me. Whatever decisions, whatever moves I make, that's what it's going to be about. And uh, today, we're going to look at a scripture where Jesus talks about worry, and I think it's really important for us. So the scripture is found in, Mark, or in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Be up, it'll be up behind me. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. So here's what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans ran after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well, therefore... Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let me pray for us. So, Lord, um, chances are that we came in today with something that we're worried about, something that's just uh, in our hearts or in our minds that we continue to go over and over and over. And so, Lord, uh, my prayer for us is that we would not just learn some good truths from Scripture, but that we would experience your peace here today. That, Lord, your Holy Spirit would really meet us right where we're at with whatever circumstances we're facing, that we would find the peace of God. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the context of the scripture is really important. It's uh, found in Matthew, and it's where the Sermon on the Mount is recorded. It's Jesus' most extensive teaching, really. It's about what is life like in the kingdom of God? What is life like where Jesus is actually the ruler, where, where people put their faith and their trust in God, and, and that's what this kingdom then looks like, and then it's how to live in that way and, and have the righteousness of God to live correctly in the kingdom of God, to, to live in, in a way that, that is pleasing to God and makes sense. And, and then whenever you, though, there's another context, wherever you see the word therefore in Scripture, you have to ask yourself, what is the therefore therefore. And so it causes you to go back to right before this section, and what Jesus is talking about right before this, it's a discussion about the right attitude of of money and possessions. And he says that you you cannot serve both God and money, that you cannot put your allegiance in both God and money, possessions and money and and God. You cannot have it in all of them. And so you cannot do that. And so there's some really important truths that Jesus talks about here in this little section. And if you have sermon notes, you can follow along and they'll be be in there. The first thing that Jesus teaches us about worry is this. Have a right priority. He says, is not life more than food and clothes? He says there's more to life than just that. There's more than the material things you have. That they're actually, what life is really all about, that our priority should be a relationship with God and living in that kingdom and living rightly as God would want us to live. And so Jesus says, look, there's more to life than just what you're doing. There's a relationship with God. And when you've got that first and foremost as your priority, then these other things will work out. The other thing he says is that um, you are valuable to God. Do you realize that? That as God's child, you are so valuable in his eyes. That he cares so deeply about you. And and he says this really important thing. He says that I understand what you need. It's not like God doesn't understand our needs, doesn't know what we need in terms of food and clothing and shelter and all that, but that God does understand that. And because we're so valuable and he understands that he desires to meet our needs, But what can be summed up in terms of our priorities here is this. He just says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That that's the priority. I'm going to seek after God's kingdom. I'm going to seek after living life as he desires me to live it. And that that is first and foremost the first thing I need to do. And then everything else will fall in line behind that. But that's my first priority is to do that. And I was thinking about that this week, and it, I love the idea that it says that God knows our needs, right? He says that he will meet our needs. But where I think worry creeps in is where we allow our wants to be so much higher than our needs, and that we get so worried about getting up to here when God's saying, no, you know what, you are fine here. But sometimes we think, no, you know what, I need, a new, I need that better car, I need a bigger house, I need this or that. And this gets filled in by the worry of our life in order of thinking that we, this is where we need to get to. But God is saying, no, I will meet your needs. And the question that comes out of this first section in terms of our priorities is, do, do we know the Father deeply enough to really trust him? To really trust 
our Father. I was uh, found an illustration, a story that a minister talked about is that he was um, flying home from a speaking engagement somewhere on a plane, and um, he knew it was going to be a little bit of a rough flight when they took off and they got up high enough that they never took off the fastened seatbelt sign, and so they're kind of bumpy a little bit, and then sure enough, the pilot came on over the uh, speakers and said, you know what, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to do the beverages and the crackers and all that stuff. I've asked the flight attendants just to stay seated because it's really safe, and it looks like we're going to hit quite a bit of turbulence on the ride. So he's like, okay, and sure enough, they did, and they flew right into a storm. And they flew right into the storm, and the plane is bouncing around. And it's going up and down, and side to side, and, and everybody, you know, if you're on a plane, it, it's a little, a little worrisome. And so he was getting a little worried. He looked around, and there were people that were starting to pray because people start to pray, and that happens. And people were worried, and you could tell that there was a lot of kind of people were just not very excited about what was going on. But then he says this. He says, then I saw a little girl. Apparently, the storm meant nothing to her. She had tucked her feet beneath her as she sat on her seat. She was reading a book, and everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes, and then she would read again. Then she would straighten her legs, but worry and fear were not in her world. When the plane was being buffeted by the terrible storm, when it lurched this way and that, and it rose and fell with frightening severity, all the adults were scared half to death. That marvelous child was completely composed and unafraid. The minister could hardly believe his eyes. But the plane made it through the storm, and they landed, and you can imagine that people were wanting to get off pretty quickly, and so people were getting off. But the little girl was kind of still sitting in her seat, so the minister went over to talk to her. He says, having commented about the storm and the behavior of the plane, he asked why she had not been afraid. The child replied, because my daddy's the pilot, and he's taking me home. That's the question. Do we know God the Father like our daddy? And do we trust him in the midst of whatever we might be going through and realizing God is in control? So the first thing in terms of dealing with worry is this. What's our priority? Having the right priority in, in terms of our relationship with God and who he is and knowing him as deeply as possible. The second truth is this. It's to be present. At the end of the scriptures that we read, Jesus says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But the problem is what we do in our days is that we are not present where we are, that we drag stuff from the past into where we are, or we project into the future, and we can't actually be present with the people or the situations that we're in. And there's so much that's pulling us either from behind or towards the front that we don't actually, we're not even present. Do you notice this sometimes in the conversations you're having with people? You could be going out to lunch with somebody and having a nice conversation, but all of a sudden your mind is thinking about the worries that you have coming up. This happens often at church, I found, is that um, many people on their sermon notes actually are writing out the list of what they need to buy at the market that day. I don't know if you've noticed that, right? But it happens sometimes, and every once in a while you notice, hey, oh, they're really taking notes. And then you look, oh, wait, eggs, butter, you know, things like that, right? But we're not thinking. We don't stay present where we are. And we oftentimes project or think about what's going into the future. There, there's, a, there's a practice that helps us. It's, it's Christian mindfulness. It's, 
It's paying attention and doing one thing at a time, refraining from future tripping and baggage carrying. It's paying attention both with effort and in trust. It's choosing to keep our minds set on the things that are from above. And so just being present where we are is crucial in terms of not falling into worry. And then the, the third and fourth points we'll make will come from another scripture that's just great about this. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. And here's what Paul writes. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul is teaching us here how to deal with anxious thoughts and worry, and he says, first and foremost, that we are to pray about all things. Pray about all things. And then he gives us some ideas here. And the first thing is this. He says, rejoice. And any time in Scripture where something is mentioned twice back to back, it's, it's to emphasize that. He says, again, I say rejoice. And so the idea here is that we would be people of joy. And, and what that it doesn't mean we're always just happy, smiley people all the time, but that it's that we have a deep confidence in God is what joy is. That we have a deep confidence in who God is. And so Paul says, start with that. And then he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. And those are three very similar but just different enough words that help us to understand this. When he says prayer... It really means, it has an understanding of this, of worship and adoration for who God is. And so when we start to feel anxious, when we start to begin to worry, this should cause us to pray. And the first thing we should do is then focus our attention on God. Focus on our attention on Him and who He is. And remind us of His goodness, remind us of His greatness, remind us that of His goodness to us. And you think about, this is who you are, Lord, and we just kind of focus our attention on him in prayer and adoration. The second word is petition. And that means, Lord, I bring my needs and the needs of others before you. Here's what's going on, Lord. Here's what's causing me to be worried. Here's the anxious thoughts are coming from this situation or that situation. Lord, my, my daughter's in Germany by herself right now. Will you watch over her? We're not sure how this is going to work out financially. I'm not sure what the future holds. I'm not sure about my job here. But instead of just worrying about it, we bring it to the Lord and say, here's my petition, Lord. Here's where I need you to work. The third thing it says is that we do this with thanksgiving, that our prayers are filled with thanksgiving for who God is and that he's answered prayers in the past and that he hears our prayers now. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you've met me in the past, and now I bring these before you, and I'm trusting, Lord, that you are doing this. And then I like the word that then he says that we are then to present this to the Lord, or to give it over to him, right? If you give a present to somebody, you don't take it back, or at least you shouldn't, right? But when we present our request to the Lord, we give them to him, and we say, Lord, they are yours. I'm leaving them in your hands. So we, so we pray these, this adoration and worship for who God is. We present our requests, Lord, this is what's going on. This is where I'm feeling anxious. We're thankful, Lord, for who you are, but I'm just going to leave that in your hands, Lord. I'm going to trust you in the midst of it. 
And then the, the final little section here in, in Philippians 4 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And so the fourth thing here is just having the right practice. How's your life organized around worry? Oftentimes we set up our life so that it, worry just multiplies, you know, right? If you watch the news right before you go to bed, you go to bed probably with an anxious heart with all that's going on around the world. But are there ways to set up your life and what rhythm of life protects you from worry? Do you wake up in the, in the morning and say, okay, Lord, it's a new day. I'm coming here before you. I'm trusting you as I go through my day. Do you end your day? Nancy and I have started doing this this year is that we end our day praying together every evening. And it's about things that are going on in our own life. It's about things that are going on here at church, people here at church, whatever. But we end our evening and our night with prayer. One of the really important spiritual disciplines that helps us with worry is what's called centering prayer. It's a practice of, of uh, asking the Lord to give you a word. Oftentimes, for most people, that word is Jesus, which makes sense. It could be a word of, um, uh, Lord, I trust you, or uh, Lord, you are good. And where we find ourselves falling into places of worry or anxiousness, we just are pulled back to that word and we just pray that word, Jesus. Or we say, uh, Lord, you are good. Or Lord, I trust you. And then, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I, I trust you. And we allow those words to bring us back from whatever circumstances are creating anxiety into a place where we are trusting our Lord. It's a really beautiful centering prayer. So having the, um, the right priority, okay? It's all about seeking God's kingdom first. Having, being present in the moments that we're in. Um, being people of prayer, and that's the, the gift of anxiety and worry is that it should take us to prayer. And then the final thing is the right practices to help us deal with this in our lives and to not continuing to do the same things that cause us to fall into worry, but to break those habits and to find them. So, um, so my hope here, like I said at the beginning, is that more than just learning about this, that we would experience the peace of God. So I just want to give us some time here to just think through, what is it that you brought in here today that's causing worry? What is it that's causing you to be a little anxious these days? situations with family or finances or maybe just what's going on in your neighborhood or I don't know, but there, we all bring something in that causes us to be worried. And I want to give us an opportunity just to lay that before the Lord. So let's just take a moment to pray. So Lord, we, uh, we bring before you our worries, and our anxieties. We're grateful for who you are. Help us to, uh, to truly worship you 
to have you be the priority in our lives. Help us to be present, Lord, even in this moment. And to be able to lay our requests before you, our needs before you. And draw us to a place of trust. I pray that we would experience the peace of God. Peace that passes all understanding. The peace that overcomes whatever circumstances we're facing. The peace that only comes from you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.